almost 40 years ago, I made a decision. I, I don't uh, like to wear my collar when I go out in public because people are metici. They're nosy. And if I'm in a restaurant and I've got that collar on, I can see people doing this <laughs> leaning to hear what I'm saying, what the priests say. You know, it's, I, and I guess it's just, it's, that's the funny thing when you have a public life and a personal life and, the, and they're mixed and there's no line or it doesn't matter what the line is. And so anyway, uh, I'm going to uh, move the line a little. Uh, last week at this time, I was up in my room and I heard you singing and, and Father Gilbert preaching and, and uh, I had gotten out of bed at three in the morning. I had surgery in the morning for my appendicitis. And I got out of bed at 3 in the morning because that's what you do at my age, <laughs> you know, for needs. And, and I had 20 knives in my gut, or that's what it felt like. I never, I've had several surgeries, and this was, whoa, this was the worst. I, so I haven't slept in my bed for a week. I can't, I can't get out. It's, it's just like terrible. So I sleep in my reclining chair. And when I get out of that bed, it's only 15 knives, so it's a huge improvement. But today it was one and a half. I, I couldn't believe it. It's come a long way, baby, <laughs> a long way. So thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your concerns. I really feel uh, quite good. So, uh, and I'm, I'm glad now I, I don't have to worry about appendicitis. That, that's over. Um, when I was a little boy, there was a, uh, we, we learned the commandments, Ten Commandments, and there, the fifth one said, Thou shalt not kill, period. There was no comma or semicolon. There wasn't a dash. There wasn't a question mark. Thou shalt not kill. Period. Now, in the original language, I don't think there's any punctuation at all. So, um, but, but nonetheless, it, it was pretty black and white. And then I learned, well, you can kill if it's self-defense. We just don't call it killing. We call it self-defense. But it's killing. Killing is killing. Period. So we find that we get into these things. It's like a cul-de-sac. You can't get out. We call something murder, and then it isn't in this case. And, and then it, it's different if it's uh, indirect killing as opposed to direct killing. Um, and so we, we find ourselves in this conundrum. We're just, we're just stuck with, with difficulty. Now, I'm, I'm not going to say a whole bunch about this right now, except I want to just make this one point. Um, uh, 44 years ago, I was ordained, and we were having the debate then about abortion. And here was the problem. I realized it immediately before I went out and began to preach. You have one camp that says a woman has absolute right over her body. She determines what goes on in her body. And the other camp says uh, a baby in that womb has absolute right, and nobody may do anything to harm it. That is... A case for no communication. You ain't going to get anywhere. And that's what we've been doing for all these years. Not getting anywhere. We fight from two different camps that are exact opposites. It's like saying you can kill, you can't kill. So there it is. And about the only way you can do it is define it as something different. Well, it's not really, it's, yeah, it's killing, but it's, it's indirect killing. You know, you're defending yourself. Um, having said that, that issue, and by the way, I, I, uh, it, it was accidental that it happened on this Sunday. Uh, Dagoberto, who uh, is the liaison between the diocese and the parish in uh, pro-life activities, 
um, talked to us early in the month, but it just didn't work. And so the, you couldn't have a better set of readings, in my opinion. These just put it all out there in a very powerful way. And they go deeper. They go to the deeper issues, you know, listening to God in our lives, listening to the value of life, listening to the way that we treat one another, listening to the way that we respect. And, and uh, as so often happens in, in this case, the, the Word of God is very direct. So um, one of the things that we've heard for many years is the need for um, not just immigration reform, but comprehensive immigration reform. Comprehensive. You know, it isn't just uh, um, who do we let into our borders and who do we keep out. That's one of the issues. But how we let them in and how we keep them out is another issue. Do we want cages? Really, do, do we want cages? Does that look like and feel like an America that we can be proud of? Oh, yeah, we have cages on our southern border. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we, t we take babies who are breastfeeding and we put them in the cages. Really? So no matter where we stand, and you might be saying, oh, God, there he goes on politics again. Would he shut up? But the truth is, we can't, you can't get away from politics. Our faith touches everything. So listen to God speak in this first reading in the book of Exodus. Thus says the Lord, You shall not molest or oppress an alien, for you were once aliens yourselves in the land of Egypt. You shall not wrong any widow or orphan. If ever you wrong them and they cry out to me, I will surely hear their cry. My wrath will flare up and I will kill you with the sword. Then your own wives will be widows and your children orphans. Does it get any stronger than that? Any stronger? I don't think so. And it's interesting how in this passage, uh, Israel is being reminded, you know, first of all, saying you don't oppress people, don't oppress aliens, receive them, be kind to them. It's a, and and one, one of the reasons, you were once aliens. Did you like it when you were oppressed? Did you like it when they did that to you? And then in the end of this passage, it says, you know, if you take someone's cloak away from them, they owe, they owe you something, so you take their cloak away. If it becomes nightfall, give it back so they can stay warm. Don't, don't let them be cold at night. What's, what's God saying in this passage? What is our faith saying? As people of faith, we got to get down into the murky, complex, contradictory, difficult stuff and make sense out of it with our belief in God and God's love. In contrast to or complementary to or just it is what it is, we hear then this gospel passage and we go right to the core. We go right to the foundation. What's the most important commandment? Now, we have the 10. You know, you've heard me say a million times that the Jews had 616 laws. And if you've ever seen the Orthodox Jews down in the Fairfax district with the little curls, and, and the, they follow those laws. Uh, to my knowledge, they still don't cook on Friday night. I mean, they cook on Friday night because they can, can't cook on Saturday. And they measure the number of their steps. They follow the laws. They're strict. We had 10, 10 big ones, all right? Ten big ones. But we really have two, but I like to say three, 
um, that Jesus said are the most important. And it's, it's basically the Shema. And the Shema, the Jews said every single day of their life, two or three times a day. They say the Shema as many times as we do this. Many times we do this. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. And that is their core. That's what you must do. This is God our creator. You must love God with all your being. And, Jesus said, must love your neighbor as you love yourself. And I like to say that the order is wrong, I think, or it just, it just uh, really makes more sense to say you must love yourself first. You must treat this as a temple. This is, this is a holy place, this thing we call our body that our spirit lives in and takes up every, every molecule of our physical body, our spirit is in that. Rather than to say our spirit is in our body, we should say our body is in our spirit. And we should love that with everything that we've got. And if we do that really well, truthfully, we probably already are loving others. Because if I can say this is a holy, sacred thing, this body I have, this body spirit I have, then so is yours. And if we're living in that kind of a communion of respect and love, we're already loving God with all our mind, heart, soul, and strength. You can't, you can't escape it. If you're loving and respecting this stuff that we've been given, well, then we respect and love the one who has given it to us. Now, in that context, we speak about abortion and pro-life. Uh, we don't start here. We've got to start here. And maybe that's the problem. We don't do this. We don't talk about this. I mean, really, truthfully, I don't want to see any hands. But how many people here, no hands. This is, this is uh, just for the, the mind and heart to sift through. How many can say that on some kind of regular basis, they taught the Shema to their children. They, I mean, they, they reminded them again and again. It's love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbors yourself. Why that? Well, when asked what's the most important commandment, that's what Jesus said. That's it. And he said not only it's the most important commandment, he said all of the law and all of the prophets are wrapped up in that. Everything. Do that. And as he said in another place, you shall live. Do that and you shall live. Today, um, it, it's, we're coming toward the end of our year. We've only got a few more Sundays. And, um, uh, you know, again, it, we couldn't come to the end of the year in a better way than to focus on this because we're going to start getting the end of time language uh, in the next few weeks, culminating in the Feast of Christ the King, the last Sunday. We look at the end times as we've been doing since the days of Paul. Jesus is going to come back. And we usually hear threatening language around. He better come back, so you better watch out. You better not pout. <laughs> Santa Claus is coming. And when Jesus comes, what's he going to find? That's what he asks. What, what's he going to find? But I hope we don't live like that. Ooh, I better get together because Jesus is coming. Jesus is here. He's here. He's in you and me. He's in us, especially as we gather like this in his name. We, we have a communion in Christ. We are the body of Christ. And when we start there, other things seem to fall in place. 
today as we reflect on this Word of God and we reflect on these challenges that we hear in our Pro-Life Sunday, Pro-Life Month, uh, we're asked to go deeper, not to be shallow, but to go deeper and to let God reach into every fiber of our being, every belief or non-belief that we have, and uh, let Him guide us with the gift of the Spirit.